0: Father in heaven, we are truly blessed and and thankful that we can come before thee in this day and and to be fed of thy word and to fellowship with one another, Lord, and to just truly be encouraged by thy spirit's presence in our midst. And Lord, it's a privilege that we pray that we do not take too often for granted. Lord, we're thankful that even as we would gather this morning, that the expressions of prayer requests and thanks um, and different petitions have been, been offered up, Lord. It's really a privilege that we can do that together. And so, we do want to uplift a number of our dear ones on, on this morning. Lord, we're thankful uh, that Aunt Lori was was able to reach out to Aunt Trudy this morning, but would pray that you'd watch over her and the, the whole facility there. Lord, being in seclusion and not being able to, uh, to interact with anyone else and being on a, on a lockdown, Father, is, is traumatic, and we can see the effects of it in, in many, many lives. And so we pray that you'd watch over her, watch over all the other dear ones there, Pray that the staff would be given encouragement as well as we're sure their workload increases in these kind of situations. And Lord, just pray that there'd be a peace upon that place. Lord, we pray for for Jeff's friends um, now in in Italy and and spread out far away, but now all three having COVID and and the fears that go along with that and and now acknowledgments of new strains and all of these things. Father, the the winds of this continue to rage around us or, or blow around us. And we just pray that, that you would watch over all those in need, in these particular dear ones, in in this case, Father, and all those that would find themselves uh, sick. We understand Melissa also now is is uh, sick with the virus as well, Father. It, it it doesn't go away, and we understand that, but we know and we're thankful, Lord, that your hand is not shortened, and that your care for each and every one is is limitless. And so, Father, we would pray thy protection and thy care upon each and every one and pray that we could continue with patience to to navigate this time and to see opportunity to be witnesses of thy truth and of thy power to all those around us. Lord, we pray for Michelle and her travels back across the country this week and pray that that would go smoothly. We also pray for the Christics and their, their trip out to Arizona. We're thankful, Lord, to see That Brother Vic is doing better and and pray that that path, though long to recovery, pray that it would be a good and a smooth one. Lord, we pray for Sister Judy as well, um, recovering and, and still having a road ahead of her. Pray, Lord, that you'd watch over her and protect and keep her. And be with their families as well, Father. Be an encouragement and a strength to them as well in their time of need. Lord, again, we're thankful that we can be gathered here. Thankful that we have this privilege and this protection Pray that as we would look into your word now, that you would speak through Andrew as he would divide it to us and pray, Father, that our, our, that our ears and our hearts would be open to the word that we need to receive. And so as we look forward with grateful anticipation, Father, we'll thank thee for it and pray these things in Jesus' name.
1: Good morning. Uh, when we were driving here this morning, uh, Silas asked me from the back seat, "What are you going to be preaching on today?" And I said, "Well, you just have to wait and find out." Uh, but I gave him a little clue, and I said, um, "It's a very short yet powerful two uh, two word phrase in the Bible." And uh, Tim guessed, "Jesus wept," and I said, "No, but that's the chapter we're pre- going to be reading this morning." So if we could turn to John chapter eleven. And I'll uh, keep you in suspense for the, the actual phrase we'll be looking at. Uh, John chapter 11. And I'd like to read most of the chapter. Uh, we will be reading quite a bit of scripture this morning, but uh, I always feel that's best. Less of my words being spoken. <clears throat> John chapter 11, I'd like to begin with verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus had heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then, after that, saith he did, Disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of the world, light of this world. But if a man walk in the night he stumbleth because there is no light in him. These things saith he after <clears throat> and that excuse me. These things said he And after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way, and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come, and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And Jesus said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. I'd like to stop with verse 45. It was a very popular chapter this morning. Um, that we've probably read many times, uh, focused on different parts of it. Again, verse verse 35, such a monumental verse, uh, and again explaining that Jesus was a man, and um, just showing the emotion and showing the love that he has uh, for each one of us, and the love specifically he had for Lazarus here, and that he had emotions, that he had feelings, and that he had um, struggles as a man uh, in the flesh. Yet he overcame those. And, um, you know, we we look at this text here and um, we realize that everything that Jesus did was all about God. And the the focus always went back to God, his Father. And we read a lot about that in Acts. Um, All the apostles did, they always gave glory to God. They always did things in the name of Jesus Christ. And what an important lesson that is for us to recognize and um, where we give the glory. And a lot of times we do focus on that verse 35. But this morning, and uh, looking at this chapter, you know, we have a lot of questions that come to my mind. Um, You know, as Mary and Martha said, you know, why wasn't Jesus there with Lazarus when he was sick? And uh, maybe it was a short sickness, so they didn't have time to go get him um, ahead of time. Um, But, you know, why wasn't he there? Why did he wait a few days to go or a couple days to go? And, um, why did he go at all we know that jesus has uh healed the um i'm trying to remember if it was somebody's the centurion's servant from afar uh or maybe it was somebody's daughter I, i'm mixing up the two stories right but jesus said you know what go back uh, the person is well and and that's what happened right he's able to heal from afar so why didn't jesus just do that um so hopefully we can look at some of these questions here this morning as we look at this account here, where we see that uh, Lazarus's sisters did send for Jesus. They obviously had the faith that he could do something about it. This wasn't just to inform uh, Jesus that his friend had passed away, and um, because uh, obviously know the burial had already happened. And um, but they had this faith that something perhaps could be done. Um, and just like how we call out to Christ and cry out to him and ask him to come to us and to, um, you know, we give requests unto him uh, for things that we want or need or desire or long for. Uh, You know, we pray to him and, um, you know, a lot of us probably in the last two years and I think probably even as a nation, as we usually see when we go through turmoil or some kind of trials, a lot more um, people pray that maybe aren't used to praying or people pray more and perhaps we've been going through that, but um, and and we need to ask ourselves. Perhaps if we're not, you know, are we not sending our request to the Lord, or sending for the Lord, and reaching out to Him? Do we uh, are we not putting our trust in Him? And uh, maybe asking, you know, sometimes maybe we need to stop and ask: Are we trusting Him? Are we um, recognizing that we put our trust in Him? You know, we have a lot of. Uh, been a lot of debating going on over the past few years. And in those debates or talks, are we thinking about ourselves, our own logic? Uh, Are we ever recognizing that the Lord is in control? Maybe in some of those discussions we have with others, um, again, some popular verses in Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So putting our trust in him... um, You know, sometimes it seems like a lot of us or a lot of people we know all of a sudden became doctors or scientists uh, based on one article they read and, um, you know, get pretty lively, heated discussions. And uh, so, where are we putting our trust? Where do we put our focus? And um, we see that Mary and Martha here did trust in the Lord, did call for him. And we see it says in verse 4 when Jesus heard this, He says, the sickness is not unto death, but what? But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And um, I've talked about this before in some of my sermons. Um, There's this, the word but here really changes the direction that anything goes, right? We can say, well, I was going to do this, but instead I decided to do this, right? And it's a complete opposite thing, or I wanted to do uh, something, but then I thought about it, or but the Spirit convicted me otherwise, and um, changes directions, right? And that's uh, it's it's a short word, it's powerful. Uh, this phrase here says, "But for the glory of God." There's another phrase which we'll focus on later that simply states, "But God," and uh, it's such an impactful phrase, and it really sticks out to me. And I'd like to go through some different accounts here. Um, and, I, and looking at this, even uh, this text here, when, when Jesus says, but for the glory of God, he says something similar uh, two chapters before in John chapter 9. with the, I remember there was the blind man. They said, you know, why was he born like this? Who sinned, him or his parents? And uh, Jesus answered in verse 3, he says, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So that God could be glorified and um, that testimony could continue to be shared. And uh, maybe we can think of things in our lives um, of why something happened in a certain way and um, think how we can kind of flip the script to recognize that. And um, so we're looking here at this text um, at some of those different questions I had asked, trying to figure out here uh, as we read. So we know that the intention here is that God could be glorified. So why did Jesus wait a couple days? It says that when he was told, in verse 6, that he was sick, uh, he abode two days. <clears throat> Sorry, it was told Lazarus was sick, not that he had died. I, I misspoke earlier. Uh, he abode two more days in the same place where he was. <clears throat> then after that, he said, let's go into Judea. And, it, and what happened His disciples were a little worried. So here's the question of why is he going, even with there's some sort of risk in going, right? Again, Jesus could have just healed him from where he was, um, His disciples remind him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee. And uh, this is, if we look in the previous chapter, John chapter 10, verse 31, it says, after Christ was talking here, it says, then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. So uh, they were furious, right? And um, we even talked about this a little bit this morning in Bible class of the uh, Jews and the vengeance they had and uh, different things they were upset about, worried about, um, whether it be jealousy and, Um, if it was some sort of a rivalry going on, worried that things were getting changed too quickly and uh, overrun uh, by this man, Jesus. And uh, we know there's multiple accounts where uh, they wanted him to be dead. And they wanted just to, let's just get rid of this problem and move on. Uh, But Jesus, we see, of course, did not have this fear for going. And uh, he explains... He says in verse 11, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him of sleep. And his disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he should be just fine. In verse 12. Um, But when Jesus was saying sleeping, Jesus had known uh, in himself that he had died. And he said, um, but the disciples thought he was just talking about him taking a rest. So Jesus laid it out there very plainly, it says, in verse 14. And he said, Lazarus is dead. Can't be more clear about that. Lazarus is dead. And now the disciples might be thinking, okay, well then why are we going to go anyhow? There's maybe nothing we can do. But what does Jesus say and and why was this allowed? Jesus says, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. And what is that saying? I was glad I wasn't there so that you may believe because if they would have gone and he was so sick that maybe it seemed like he was sleeping. They went, and then he was healed. Maybe the disciples would have said, "Like, see, he just woke up. Okay, he was sick and he was healed." And uh, we know even within ourselves, right? Sometimes we start to kind of rationalize some things of, um, "Well, the person wasn't really dead. You know, yeah, they're healed. Their arm wasn't really broken or broken that bad. It would have healed anyhow." And uh, even, you know, even recently in our, our school system, and this isn't to get into either side of it. Um, you know, for a while they had our kids wearing masks at the beginning of the year, and then um, they said, Oh, the numbers, because the numbers were so high in the school, and then they dropped drastically after two weeks. And some people said, Well, see, the masks work. And some people said, It's because everybody that got sick, it ran their course. And, and people try to justify from both sides of why this happened. And this is very similar here. Um, Jesus recognizing that people would do that. Say, Well, he hasn't been sick that long, he hadn't been dead that long but you know maybe he was just laying there people thought he was dead and he was just breathing very shallowly and nobody knew that uh but there was no doubt here and this is um why jesus is saying that he let this happen and why he waited these couple days so that there wasn't any doubt of um you know well you know people trying to kind of take part of the miracle out of it he didn't want there to be any doubt here so he traveled um quite a distance, and um, he came, Lazarus, he found out, had already been dead for four days, and we see uh, Mary and Martha in different uh, times here. I think Martha talked to him first. Um, Verse 20 says, because she had sent for him, if you would have been here, verse 21, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And I don't know the tone of voice that she had. Maybe she's just weeping and said, I believe that if you would have been here, the Lord hadn't died. I don't know why. In some reason in my mind, I have this like, why didn't you get here sooner? If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. And kind of uh, laying it, even though she's trusting in his healing power, uh, kind of uh, trying to say like, what happened? Why, you know, why haven't you been here? Where have you been? Uh, where have you been, Lord? And, and do we ask these questions sometimes? Lord, where have you been in my life? Why, why is this happening to me? Why did you make me like this? Why is it taking so long? Why is it um, you know, taking so long for me to get out of this situation? Right? And, and you know, maybe Moses asked this question a few times. Wow, year 39, when are we going to get out of this desert? Why is this taking so long? Right? And um, sometimes we find ourselves asking this question, but we have to realize that God has a timing and a purpose for everything. And we can see some of it, thankfully, uh, it's even described here uh, by Jesus himself, why sometimes things take so long. And um, <clears throat> so I want us to kind of be thinking about that. And, and we see um, God's timing in this. Jesus explains it in, in some of these different verses. Verse 4, we read already, But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Verse 15, which we just read, um, To the intent ye may believe. In verse 40, it says, If thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God. In verse 42, he said, Why are we doing this? That they may believe. Why did it happen this way? That they may believe. It was all to bring it back to God so that more could believe and more could trust and rely on God. So this um, makes it harder right, for people to deny the work that's being done. And hopefully, um, it would bring more about to the belief. And we see that in verse 45, the result of this, it says, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on Him. Many did believe because of this. And maybe if things would have been done in different timing, or done quicker, or from afar, right? there's not like a lot of uh, people that could post, like, I heard Jesus in this town say, Lazarus be healed, and someone in this town posts a comment saying, he was healed at the same time, right? So the word didn't travel quite that quickly back then. So uh, all these things had to be done. So it wasn't just some coincidence uh, that happened in, in people's minds. So we see God has a reason and, and uh, timing for everything. And, um, you know, Dad even had a sermon about the, you know, as uh, these years of COVID, has it been a blessing or a curse and how we can look at different things and um, different ways we can think about that. And I think even in, um, in this case, in this account, we can see that. And um, thinking, you know, is there a timing and a reason for everything in these past couple years as well? And that we can trust in Him and His ways and His timing. And, um, you know, there is. I was listening to a podcast that said, um, you know, COVID or the pandemic, whatever you want to call it will not end one day earlier or last one day longer than our Creator lets it. And realizing that everything is in God's hand and in His timing. And uh, along the lines of if it's a a blessing or a curse, there are, you know, we look at, and this is where I want to get into uh, this phrase, one of the accounts in Genesis. um, Genesis chapter 50. You know, we recognize, remember, Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery. Um, his life changed drastically. He ended up in prison. Then he ended up being promoted high into the into Pharaoh's uh, court. And uh, then his brothers come. And um, if we look in starting uh, Genesis chapter fifty, verse sixteen. says, "'And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren, thy brothers, and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father.' And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants.' And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me? And here's that phrase, But God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived 110 years. So Joseph recognized that you, my brothers, intended this for evil to get rid of me because you couldn't stand me, and the dreams that I had, where I, uh, you know, said, "Let me tell you about this dream. Someday you'll be bowing down to me," and not even Joseph, not even really saying that. I believe this is what's going to happen, sharing these dreams, but it made them upset. And uh, here we see they're bowing down before him. But that could not have happened without um, the actions that his brothers took, right? It was a, a form of prophecy. And Joseph recognized because of his walk with God that although others intended it for evil, God intended it for good. And I want to look um, at a few more of these verses um, where it talks about this phrase, but God, or as in our text, but for the glory of God. And I I typed them out here just because they are a little lengthier just to save some time from uh, flipping back and forth. Um, But again... You know, try to listen um, for this phrase, this "but God" phrase, to see how God uh, changes scenario, changed how the way that man saw things or how man thought it should be, and put it into um, his own timing and what God saw best as the outcome. Exodus chapter thirteen, verse seventeen and eighteen says, "And it came to pass when Pharaoh had led the people, let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near." For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And we know that children of Israel could not have defeated the Egyptians on their own, and God took them this way to the Red Sea, because that's what would take care of them. Right, and here in uh, chapter 14, You know, the Israelites see the chariots coming down after them, and they're thinking, you know, they're complaining, you know, did you bring us out here to die, as they mentioned other times when they were starving and thirsty? Did you just bring us into this desert now to die? And um, we see how that phrase, but God, had a different plan. And um, in chapter 14, it says, Moses said to the people, "...fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you this day. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever." the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. And we know that that came about through the Red Sea closing down on the Egyptians that were following them. Another account in Judges, uh, Samson, we know, had um, taken the jawbone of an ass and had uh, slain a thousand men, it says in Judges 15. came to pass when he made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramethalahi, and he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? But God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again and he revived. So he, again, kind of like the Israelites, you, you brought me to this place, you gave me all the strength to do this, to have victory. And now, now what? You just did all this so I could die? And we see that God changed his attitude and God showed, revealed His plan for him. <clears> 1 <throat> Samuel 23, 14 And David abode in the wilderness and strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day. But God delivered him not into his hand. Psalm 73, 26 My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And if we can have uh, this mindset, we realize that our flesh and our bodies are weak and frail, but we realize that God is our strength, and we need to rely on God and let Him strengthen us and guide us. <clears throat> uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 28, and He said unto them, Ye know how that it is an, un- an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. This is uh, the time of Peter. and He's praying. Cornelius had come. And Peter received the vision with the, the sheet with the unclean animals come down. And it says, But God hath shewed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. And this is a, a monumental point in history uh, when it's realized that uh, no longer are only the Jews um, going to be receiving the word and the preaching of the gospel but God showed Peter something different to also preach to the Gentiles. And uh, here's two of my favorites and uh, probably the two most powerful for our Christian walk, Romans 5, 7, and 8. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's so hard to find someone that would be willing to die for someone who's good to lay down their life. It says even for a good person. Uh, So scarcely for a righteous man one would die for a good man. So, you know, not quite so righteous, but good. Maybe you could find some that would be willing to do that. But what did God do for sinners? While we were yet sinners, He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us to save us of our sins and to give us eternal life in heaven and glory. And that's an amazing thing that to think, but God went way farther than any of us could even imagine to think that we might be willing to do. He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. In Acts thirteen twenty-eight through 30 um, as one of the apostles were, were preaching, And though they found no cause of death in Him and Jesus, yet desired they Pilate that, they should, that He should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of Him, they took Him down from the tree and laid Him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. The biggest um, contrast or turn of events in history is Jesus Christ going from death and overcoming that and coming to life. And that is because God changed that scenario. So we have to think of that in our lives. Anytime we're down, anytime we're going through something, we need to recognize and and ask ourselves, but what is God going to make out of this? Or, but why is God putting me through this? And not in a, um, a way that we're angry at God, but in a way of thinking, how is God going to be glorified through this? As we read in John chapter 11, how is God going to be glorified uh, through, through Lazarus' sickness and now his death? And we see how God was glorified and through the healing of the blind man and maybe through healing in our lives or through a change in our lives and through our conversion and think, how can God use this now in, as a ministry to preach and to teach unto others and to share my testimony with others that I was going down a path of darkness and despair, but God grabbed me and pulled me out of that and saved me. And think about that and how, and uh, share that with others. So again, we recognize that what others intended for good, what Satan, or for evil, what Satan intends for evil in our lives and um, What Satan intends to bring us down and to make us weak, we have to think. But God, if we trust in Him, but God can use it for good. And think of the different examples that 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 was in. In Joseph, in the Israelites, and in Christ's death and resurrection. We need to ask ourselves uh, and kind of reflect, do we trust in the Lord and His goodness today? And do we acknowledge that perhaps 20, 30 years from now, You know, if if the Lord tarries, we'll be telling somebody about, maybe about COVID. Maybe it'll be something, um, hopefully, as small as the chicken pox that was, you know, it's just, maybe it'll be completely gone. Maybe it'll be something small like that, or um, maybe not. But we think, through all that we went through even two years ago at the beginning of this, but God brought peace. But God brought me, brought the, hopefully, we can see how, but God brought the church closer together. Brought me closer to him, to rely on him more. And maybe explaining, um, you know, but God made it possible for there to be uh, vaccines to be created to help out or different uh, therapies that can help. And again, maybe we'll be saying, but God destroyed the virus in his timing. Uh, Perhaps, but God through that provided a better job for me that I actually like now. Maybe some people find themselves in that situation or uh, help me form these new relationships with other people. And we need to ask ourselves, do we trust in the Lord's timing? And are we are we waiting patiently for that? And we don't have time to read through it, but I encourage you to read Psalm chapter 40, where it talks about waiting on the Lord and how um, the writer being pulled out of the miry clay, pulled out of darkness, out of a dark place, yet... He had cried out and patiently waited for the Lord and trusted in his timing. You know, we read in uh, 1 Peter 5 where it talks about humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt us. But when? It says he will exalt us in due time, in his perfect timing. And we need to trust and rely on that. We need to um, recognize, are we asking, are we yelling? Are we, um, you know, going to God and saying, where have you been? Where are you? Where have you been for the last two years? Or maybe you're going through something right now. Where have you been for the last six weeks? Or maybe God's asking you, where have you been for the last two years? Or the last 10 years? Or the last 60 years? When I've been calling to you. Where have you been? And what have you been doing? And maybe we can think about that. when want to realize, recognize God's perfect timing and um, ask Him to guide us and trust in Him and... Um, when we feel like we're waiting too long and that, that it's taking too long and that He's late, late in showing up like Mary and Martha maybe thought and recognize that in our eyes, in our fleshly and our carnal, our logistical eyes and mind, that God's taking too long for this. And, and like Mary and Martha, we might be asking, why are you so late on this? Why are you taking so long? And He says to us, I'm right on time. You need to trust in me. You need to believe in me. And there's a song that um, some you know, I'll, I'll read through it, I'll skip some of the choruses that I repeat. Um, but <clears throat> it's a, a favorite song of mine, and uh, it's called Four Days Late. It says, The news came to Jesus. Please come fast. Lazarus is sick, and without your help, he will not last. Mary and Martha watched their brother die. They waited for Jesus. He did not come, and they wondered Why? The death watch was over, buried four days. Somebody said, he'll soon be here. The Lord's on his way. Martha ran to him, and then she cried, Lord, if you had been here, you could have healed him. He'd still be alive. But you're four days late, and all hope is gone. Lord, we don't understand why you've waited so long. But his way is God's way, not yours or mine. When he's four days late, he's still on time. Jesus said, Martha, show me the grave. But she said, Lord, you don't understand. He's been there four days. The gravestone was rolled back. Then Jesus cried. Lazarus came forth. Then somebody said, he's alive. He's alive. You may be fighting a battle of fear. You've cried to the Lord. I need you now, but he has not appeared. Friend, don't be discouraged because he's still the same. He'll soon be there. Be here. He'll roll back the stone and he'll call out your name. But you're four days late and all hope is gone. Lord, we don't understand why you've waited so long. But his way is God's way, not yours or mine. When he's four days late, he's still on time. May the Lord add his blessing.